Hang in on a second, we only have a few seconds because we are both busy people. We are busy, but some of us are busier than others, and you're way busier than I am. No, oh, well, that's always true. You have important shit to do. I, I just merely have to... Entertain the world. I don't know. <laughs> Entertain the world and try to keep the world from completely <laughs> going off the deep end. Where? It's all on my shoulders. In which case, I think you are doing a shit job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's the, that's the ter- Isn't that the worst thing? That... <laughs> Holy moly. Well, Scotty, I, I'm I'm depending on you to say something helpful and uh, and inspiring at this moment. Oh well, do you have batteries in, and do they have any charge? <laughs> Both of those things are true. <laughs> it's good. Then. And is it turned on? Yes, you know, and the numbers are moving. But I can also say, Sam, uh, if you're listening, because I I don't think Sam is ever listening when he's like, says, "All right, just I'll look at wave patterns." So I can say, "Oh yeah, John fucked up." <laughs> Let me insert a chicken sound here. <laughs> Oh dear! So you're waiting for me to be inspiring. So I guess this this is a a, a week when I just tell you for a change. I've been working on sync them. Oh, well, that's that's appropriate. <laughs> okay. No, I had I had a fun time last night. Actually, I was um, uh, we have our own uh, logging library. We use we're using Cocoa Pods with our own Cocoa Pod repos. So basically, yeah, basically they're all private Cocoa Pods. Um. As I've said before, I'm not a I'm I'm not a, normally a, a fan of Cocoa Pods. Uh, we're using it for a bunch of reasons. I'm not going to go into, but because um, we generate our project file all the time. My my problem with Cocoa Pods is always that it 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 gets in there and it messes around with your project file and it messes around with the workspace. Um, it does a whole bunch of stuff to it, which um, is you know I don't like. Uh, and causes lots of problems but because we never check our project file into source control um, because we uh, generate it um, uh, using swift gen uh, the fact that cocoa pods then runs and does a load of things after we've generated to that file doesn't worry us because it never goes back into the repo and never screws us up and if something goes wrong we just delete the file and regenerate it so my biggest complaint about cocoa pods disappears at that point anyway so We've got our own logging logging cocoa pod, um, and when I when I put it together oh, a little while ago, there, there was part of a, a you know an inconsistency in the pattern and some of the calls that I yeah you know, I thought at the time oh oh that's fine just leave it that'll be fine but of course every time I've used it now I it has annoyed me you know it, this inconsistency has annoyed me so. Uh, yeah, I thought last night. Okay, it, it's it's only one method call. I'm going to go into that cocoa pod and I'm going to change it. But of course, every other thing we do uses that, <laughs> and it's um. Uh, so now it's a change of the, uh, effectively the change of the API. So that's a breaking change. So of course, then I have to go through and update all our other frameworks and cocoa pods that use that one, and then we have to update the app that uses that one. So yeah, my one line change turned into a um, uh, yeah. A, a quite a lot of hours of pull requests on different code bases and in, then integrating those frameworks into the code base. And I mean, it only took probably about three hours or so, but it was just like, oh, complete nightmare. So uh, the moral of this story is the, the whenever you see something that, that you know is a little bit wrong and you think, oh, no, I'll be fine, I'll move on. It. No, no, fix it. <laughs> fix it because otherwise you will be having horrendous evenings or days later on having having to do it so that's my moral of the week when you see it fix it don't leave it because you'll pay for it <laughs> i should have that tattooed somewhere 
<laughs> we can all look at it. Yes, on my forehead, because I spend all my time looking in the mirror. So I'd have to have it written backwards so I could read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scotty, the only thing pleasant I can say, well, I shouldn't say that, no, a pleasant thing that happened this week is that uh, was Sunday, 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 I actually went to the rehearsal studio, which I'd not been in a long time because... Uh, um, I don't think I'm revealing anything to any any large enough audience that would co- pose a problem. Um, uh, but uh, I get James Dempsey, and we're, we're trying to, to to do some recordings for um, something at at Dub Dub. Um, and I think since we can't all be together, we have to do the the Jimmy Fallon style thing. I don't know if you've seen these videos. He's, he, it's a kind of an ongoing gag that he's had on his show where he would, you know, bring in. Uh, I mean, he has a monster good band on you know uh, if on his show. And he and he himself is a very good singer, and so and just seems to really like music, and so he he regularly you know performs these songs. Except for the gag is is that he gives kind of Fisher Price toy instruments to all the musicians, um, and then when it went to to doing it at home, they had to do it with Zoom. And I've seen a couple that were really good. One of which was you know Don't Stand So Close to Me, and and Jimmy Fallon is able to hit high notes that Sting probably hasn't hit in, in forty years. Um, and that was kind of fun. But then more recently, they had a Billy Idol song, you know, Dancing With Myself, which also was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so, so we, yes, these are all the, the, the appropriate COVID-era songs. Um, and I realized that, you know, I, I don't know if I talked about this before, but, you know, I did a, a bunch of recordings with, with, with my unhip dad's band. And the question had come up, should we use a click track? And I'm like, going, hell no, because, you know, first of all, we're not, we're human musicians. There's no way for us to be metronomically perfect. And most songs that we do, in fact, many songs in general will have some, some tempo changes over it. Not wild ones, but they definitely will go up and down as different sections that you have a retard in, in, in music. Um, and, and, you know, it's very difficult. I mean, I'm sure that there's sophisticated, you know, sequencing software that lets you do that, but a generic click track that's applied, you know, or a metronome that's going here doesn't have that. And the other thing that that's difficult is that, um, you know, you can't crank up the volume high enough, um, to, to make it work. So I figured, aha, I happen to know a metronome software, uh, by a fishy fellow. And so I said, well, just let's put that to use. And I found that, you know, the, it's kind of embarrassing, but like the, the to, to me, like the, the there's, there's lots of features, lots of stuff that's in there. But the thing that I found most useful uh, was the fact that there was a visual indicator um, because, the, you know, and, and this kind of interesting software design thing is, is that y- you, you can hear the click and that's helpful when you're getting started. That will establish an internal pulse before you start playing, but then to know if you're actually sticking with it. The, the little sweeping image, it's kind of like a gradient, you know, animation that goes from left to right. And so it kind of approaches the, the, the beginning of a measure or the, or each beat. So, you know, left to right, one, two, three, four, and it's pulsating back and forth. And it actually makes all the difference in the world to be able to, to stay on track. And I found it really helpful. So, uh, Freddie Fishstick, if, if by chance you're listening, you know, everything else you did useless, that one thing really helped. <laughs> So, in the opening seven minutes and 42 seconds of this show, uh, that's probably a bit longer than that because everyone else would have got the uh, got the theme tune just to pad it a little bit. Um, it's um, We have learned two things. Don't be a lazy ass and fix shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And what we've just learned is, uh, you know, the, the second headline of your bit is, drummer learns that timing is important. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're filling ourselves with glory today. 
<laughs> well, God, I, I dare I say it. I, you know, you know. I, I think a thing that is happening these days as a result of, of everything that's going on in the United States. For, for, put aside COVID for a second, just to, just with with you know everything that's happening in the in the wake of, of of the George Floyd murder and all the other kind of you know vicious murders and harassment's been going on. A lot of people have been kind of saying, okay, well, I want to get in touch with 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 my community and get a sense of of what's going on. Um, and there is this this app called Nextdoor, which usually is you know it was originally envisioned as a neighbor helping neighbor with hey I, can somebody lend me an, a you know a ladder or whatever, um, but it's it's been an interesting sociological observation and there was there was a discussion that opened up as to you know would a local grocery store be open or you know is it and why is it boarded up and as it turns out it's, it was because there was a, a huge you know demonstration yesterday with with well over ten thousand people in the streets, you know, and very peaceful. It went kind of snaking through the, the, the mission district. And so there were actually a lot of businesses who, because they wanted to send their own people or to, to help out in different ways, they, they shut down early. And so anyway, but uh, there was somebody posting in it and, and says, well, it, you know, he just says, well, it's, it's, it's because there are leftist protesters out there. And then that kind of caused people to say, well, what do you mean by that? And then finally, he just goes on a rant and says, there is no racism in the United States. You know, it's, it's all just made up as a way for people to seize power. And then somebody said, you should really be writing for The Onion so that the headline <laughs> could be, white guy says there's no racism in America. So anyway, sorry for the long story, but it just it, it made me think about it. It's like simple headlines. Drummer says timing is important. <laughs> White guy says racism doesn't exist in America. At the same level. So um, I've been thinking about something that you said last week. uh, And um, this this is challenging you to remember uh, Mm. something. And I can't remember exactly the context, but it it bugged me because I wanted to mention something at the time. And then we got we got sidetracked, which I know is unlike us, um, Mm -hmm. into something else. Um, But you forgive me for not remembering it, but you said um, basically, you know, you were making this call, and if you passed in zero, something didn't happen. Oh, right, yes, 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 yes. Happen, yep. yeah? right. And this brought me on to the whole thing that, you know, the days of APIs that should take integers as as parameters that mean things should be long gone, um, uh, because it, it, huh. it is not obvious. I mean, this is where, this is where in Swift, um, enums are fantastic, um, because, you know, you wouldn't have zero means nothing. You'd have a dot none or dot nothing or right. something like that or totally dot true. do something yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm guessing this was, was this a C API camera or is it just objective C? Because obviously you can no, have an objective C API. Yeah, so, so you can have, um, effectively crappy versions of enums in, um, in objective C. Yeah. So, uh, any reason they're not being used? Well, no, but I think this is something different because this is it, it. This is for setting a value, right? So this and and first of all, it was it it it, it was it was my shitty API for taking the value, but it made sense. It was basically the, there are it was to set the attributed string on a label and say I want to set this kerning value, and the thing about it is is that it, it, you know the the value zero if. It, in the end, when it gets you know rendered by 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 the attributed string, whoever wrote attributed string you know in at Apple says, well, if the value is set to zero, that means that we won't we 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 will we will ignore all values, and then it kind of makes sense. So it, you know, meaning that that I mean, zero uh, could be conveyed is is nothing, couldn't it? Yeah. So 
You know, zero it, it could means be, nothing. but then then you'd have a different thing because there are attributes because you can say, I want the kerning to be a fixed amount between every single character and I want it to be minus 0 0.01, for example, points. Or I want it to be super spread out, so I'll make it be two points or, or whatever, right? And so that that you know that's the actual value that you're applying to it. What they're saying is is basically saying, well, if it's set to zero, that means that there's going to be you could interpret it literally, and then and that I guess would mean that all the characters would would be sitting you know right up against each other or or, or whatever you know with with no spacing whatsoever. But what that what that really just says is that's the expression of intent that we're going to use the the pair current values that exist in the font. And the reason for that is just because different characters optically, you know, can seem further apart or naturally will seem closer together. And I'm, I'm blanking when I think of some of the more classic examples. Um, but, uh, and so the, the idea of it is that instead of setting a universal value between every single characters, when you set, the, when you use zero as a value in that attribute, it's a signal that they're taking saying, well, okay, default to using the, the one that, that, that comes with each font, which is really the, the correct thing to do because people who know a lot more about top typography than idiot, you know, drummer developers like me will then, you know, have set those values appropriately. So, but I, I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, the more I get into Swift, the more I'm not going to say it, but, but my gosh, it's so much nicer than Objective-C in so many ways. But on that happy note, it is. I mean, I think don't get me wrong. Objective C has got some got some good stuff. It builds fast for a start. Um, yeah, as uh, the, the the times I have to drop that to an Objective C code base, it's uh, uh, one of my first things. The comment is, "Oh my, wow, this is what fast development feels like." Oh, right, it, yeah. it, it, it's a good job I can write things a lot faster in Swift because I have to wait a lot longer for them to compile. And I guess it depends. Well, it depends how, who you are, because you know developers vary. They, they, I think the the two extremes are you know code all day and compile at the end of the day and see if what you've written's worked, or or you know type a couple of characters and you know press command B to make sure you didn't screw those couple of characters up. <laughs> and in between, um, in Objective C, the the first one is a feasible way of working. Um, in Swift, it's really not on a decent sized code base. And and I know it's getting a lot better with. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it didn't even, um, uh, you know, back in Swift 1, initially, it just compiled everything, every single time. And, boy, that's when you learned what slow was. And, you know, and it's way, way, way ahead of that now. Um, and then, obviously, far more sophisticated. But it's still, compared to uh, pure Objective-C, it is, it is a slow old process building Swift. Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that as well, because I had another conversation with a teenager whose dad was asking me to give advice about programming language and, and what and how to learn. And this is somebody who's about to go off to college this fall and study electrical engineering. And so there, there were a couple of options. He's like, should I learn C or C++ or learn Python? And I said, you know, and it was funny because, you know, the, the, the kids just barely turned 18. And I said, you know, first of all, you, I hope that you've decided everything that you need to do in your life, because really you should have already done that by, by four years ago, um, because his father had said, like, you know, I, I talked to some buddies that I, that I go cycling with and one's a PhD in, in computer science. And he says, you know, he, and he said this and, 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 and the, the advice which I, I stand by, I think that, you know, Anybody can learn programming. Most people in some fashion will end up learning learning some of it because I, I see now that like even humanities majors, they, they have, you know, 
Python for for digital humanities, just so that they can they can have a programming language so they can work on data because it's done into service of something else that they're doing. And in the case of electrical engineering, it's there's, it's hard to think of any electro you know mechanical device that doesn't have some software control for it. And I said, you know, if nothing else, think of the example of, of Apple and cameras, which are a brilliant one. There are physics-based limitations to to what you can do with with a you know a, a, a sensor, which is necessarily small, and and you know th- that's why computational photography exists because it, you can actually make up for you can do things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do just by using the plain hardware. We talked about in the past, and I said that that when it comes to learning software, it, you're better off finding an environment where you can you know, exercise, you know, do exercise of understanding how a, a, a while loop does or basic, you know, if then else flow or, uh, you know, working with basic data structures, learning how to concatenate strings, learning how to, how arrays are made and how you can enumerate them and, and do things and, and how hashes or plain objects or dictionaries work and that, that there's a fundamental set of, of concepts that are common in all programming languages. So better to learn in an environment where you can learn it really quickly and before you have to figure out either the kind of complexities of C++ or the too close to the metal aspects of, of C, why not use something like JavaScript, which is a perfectly fine language for learning programming, or God forbid Java, you know, which is also you know simple enough. And then afterwards, you could learn the idiosyncrasies of different languages. And I said I likened it to, you know, like you know, you can you can speak English, and then you might learn some words and or some phrases in other languages. You might appreciate the differences that you know you can insult somebody very lyrically in in in, in Italian, and you can insult somebody very technically, in, you know, in, in in German. And there are just differences, and, and the differences between spoken languages are. are are not that dissimilar to the differences in programming languages and, and these things are all expressions and and in in at any rate you have to do something that you're going to find have to find some inspiration to make you willing to to get over the hump where you want to throw your computer against the wall because the thing that you're trying to do is not doing the thing that you you want it to do and everything is complicated and so then finally you know i said you know have, have a look at code academy and the guy got back to said, but i didn't see c as a language and then i was like i was all about to, to just send him a let me google that for you because i was curious myself because i've never i never learned to program c but you know by the by you know you are if you're doing objective c for the you know although you can you can be hidden from it but in the end, an array is an array, and string concatenation works almost the same, or or printf works the same in in in, in different languages. And I just realized that uh, that that uh, I don't know. You could you could keep studying and 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 relearning and relearning all the time, but it you only get to kind of have that initial uh, thrill of learning something. You know, learning basic programming constructs once, and 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 better to do it in in as fun a manner as possible. Anyway, sorry for that rant. No, no, I, I, I always make the, I do this with, you know, I think virtually anything you're learning in, in, in life. Um, but, you know, I think you, the key is to learn in a way where you understand the principles, not the technique. So um, you could learn to write a for loop in Swift and you could learn to write a function in Swift and you could learn to write, you know, um, a class in Swift, but if you don't know why you're writing functions or for loops or the principles behind them, then you're basically, you know, you're, you're just very, very limited. Whereas if if you if you understand what 
you know um iteration is and if you under understand what conditionality is and you understand why functions exist and then you happen to do your first implementation of that understanding in swift or javascript or whatever else it doesn't really matter you'll go to the next language and you'll learn it really fast because the moment the There's moment, a the moment you pick up a new language you just say well how do i do a loop how do i do a function call how do i store store a variable you're basically applying your knowledge of the principles of programming to 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 to, to that thing again as long as you have the basics now i guess the key is with things like javascript uh, and swift you can take those principles on board slower so you don't have to understand you you you, sh- you should do it at some point but you don't have to understand the concept of memory in the same way that you do if you went to c or c++ or uh, objective c to some extent a little bit more um so a a a a simpler language or a language that does a higher level language means you can embrace those principles slower um in there but if you learn the principles you can move to anything and again i would always argue um the languages are relevant it's it's the the key of the principles and then the frameworks you use i mean when we spend all our time learning on ios we're not spending all our time um uh learning swift or objective c we're we're spending our time learning ui kit or app kit um <laughs> You know, and and so you know, if I could if I spent all my time learning AppKit in in um, Objective C, you know, I could then learn Swift in a few days and do exactly the same thing because AppKit is where is is where all the work is done, um, or UIKit. So again, it's um, if you're learning an engineering library or whatever else, it really doesn't matter if you're doing it in Python because you can use it in C next time. Indeed, indeed. But I just wanted to point out our third great, you know, uh, title slash realization. If you understand what conditionality is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, and then just to round out this last thing, I mean, I think, what, you know, this is from the, if I had it like, you know, as easy as you did, I were to learn 12 more languages, you know, by the time I was five. Um but it is kind of cool that you know that that you can have a web browser where you're typing in commands and really every single character is then going up to the server and preparing some processes because they have like these online learn C. In which case, I don't know either. I guess somebody made just a, a strict C interpreter, or or even in the case of, of of Java, it's kind of the same thing. You don't have to worry about it. It just does it for you. But then when you switch out of it and then you try to take your examples and then you have to you know take the same code. And then and then type Java C to to create the, to compile it, and then and then another command to to, to run it. it. The important thing is is not that you don't ever have to learn how to do it. It, it is important, but it's 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 back to what you said earlier. It's like that you want to shorten the 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 interval from which you have an idea about how something should work or might could work, and then seeing. Does it in fact in fact work? And if you're in a browser and you can see the results right away, or in your command line, you know, and, and you are in in, in a common kind of interactive terminal or something like that, you find out right away. If you write a bunch of code and then press, you know, command B or you know, command R to actually get it to build and run, and and you know, thirty seconds or even five seconds go, you know, mere seconds. Really, I find especially these days, you know, is, is a deadly time interval because then you'll say, well, this is going to take a long time, so I'm going to turn my attention to something else, and you just lose your focus and concentration. But anyway, it's, it's always interesting to see things from, from new eyes, or rather, you know, see things as people who don't have experience um, see it. 
Well, we probably ought to start wrapping up because I realise you have a meeting to go to. Um, I mean, I do. I'm just going to add to that. Yeah, uh, that's our theor- theories on computer languages. Of course, um, my theory on the spoken language is the um, bulk standard British and probably American theory um, that you only need to learn English because everyone will understand English if you speak it at them slow enough and loud enough. Yeah, I think that. So, shouting, shouting Have you ever seen it? From an, the an Englishman, I have. an Englishman in France. Oh yeah. Do you oh. speak English? No. Do you speak English? They just get slower and louder because suddenly this person is going to understand. I, I, I you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend thirty more seconds on this one. So, I had a, a dear friend of mine who witnessed something in a, in a in a bread shop in in Paris. And, you know, this this woman who did not speak a word of French was saying, you know, I would like some French bread, please. And the, the, the woman behind the counter either didn't understand English at all or kind of couldn't understand why you were asking for, you know, precising, you know, making precisions about oh, you oh, let's be French fair. bread. She was, she was Parisian, so she could have just been screwing with you. Could be, could be. But anyway, you know. And so finally, you know, the guy who like stormed into into the, the the bread shop and said, "My wife wants some French bread. Do you have any French bread or not?" And my friend just kind of went up to him, kind of put his hands out in a calming motion. He says, "Look, we are in France. By definition, all bread here is French. I think what you're asking for is the most classical thing, a baguette. It's delicious. Here, let me help you." And he proceeds to go on with it with the negotiation of 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 it should be. Too cooked, not cooked enough. No, not that one. The one over there. It's the banter that makes kind of everyday French life kind of amusing. And then he produced that thing, and it was his effort to to, to make for understanding and peace in the world. And with that grand thought, Scotty, if if you want to bring more peace and understanding in the world, where will you be doing it? Or if people want to engage with you in peaceful discussions about how to make the world a better place, where might they do that? You can do that in the place that symbolizes all we peace in the world, Twitter, by... uh... (laughs) By getting hold of me as Mac Devnet. And John, where can people bring peace to your life? They can find me on, on, on Twitter where I'm Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. So there we are. Join us in the serene environment. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, hopefully, um, if it's been your turn to listen this week, we've not bored you too much. And uh, until next time, you take care. Thank you.